Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Hi everybody and welcome to this episode of Say As It Is with Pete and yes I am your ever lasting host Pete on this week's podcast. So this episode I want to have a frank and honest conversation around New Year's resolutions. So it's too late now to start saying Happy New Year, although I'm going to say it, Happy New Year everybody. Um, I hope you're having a great or interesting start to your new year. I think we're coming into week four now. Um, and week five is next week, or the week after, sorry. Um, which is always interesting, as January, we know, is that longest month of the year. But New Year's resolution. So all the way up until Christmas, people have been talking about, oh, you know, new year, new you, new year, new me, new year, new career, new something, new something. We get it. And during this uh, research for this podcast, um, I have been looking at some different, you know, habit trackers and things that come up every year as to entice people into um, tracking their habits. Now, I am going to talk about habits and routines as well, because, you know, look, when we look at New Year's resolutions, they're looking at goals aspirations achieve what you want to achieve and I think we have to understand that you know there is a definition between goals and achievements and habits and routines and you know as I was saying it's too late to say happy new year Um, and we are now at that point of the year where if you've made a new year's resolution and you started it probably and hopefully not but probably you've fallen off what they call the bandwagon or you've given up all hope on your um, resolutions and you've just called it quits because you've got to that point where you think, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to stop it. It's not going to work. Forget it. Another resolution I haven't achieved. Well, let's put a spin on that because if you have fallen off the bandwagon as such, you can still get back on, you know, as they say, try and try again. Now, everybody has different resolutions of what they want to do and achieve. It could be from gaining uh, more knowledge and skills. It could be, you know, losing weight, becoming more healthy, reading more books, less screen time. It can be all sorts of things. And I think, you know, resolutions date or or New Year's resolutions date so far back. um, You know, there is a lot of history over when the first resolution was kind of... um, thought about and carried out and how over the years it's progressed and evolved into you know where we want to create these resolutions or these goals and achievements and aspirations we want to achieve now some interesting facts uh, about new year's resolutions is that um you know approximately 17 percent stick to their resolutions for the first four to six months. And another 9% persist with um, their resolutions 
on a longer period. But also, it's estimated that two in three Brits, so that's about 66%, set New Year's resolutions in 2024. And this might provide some insights into how many people are engaging in resolutions. So, so if you're saying two in three Brits, not too bad. Um, but also, from having a look at some you know, data and some digging, um, when looking at a couple of articles, I found that on average, UK adults um, expect their New Year's resolutions for 2024 to last 13 weeks, with rarely half, that's uh, about 49%, thinking they'll give up within this time frame. So interesting, right? So when you look at this, it's kind of interesting on the percentages of how many will kind of start then stop but if if the average is 13 weeks perfect um but we're already in that kind of you know that halfway point of the first part of the month which counts and you may think well pete we're not even 13 we're not even halfway of the 13 weeks yet doesn't matter because to be honest if you haven't managed to stick on your resolution target up until this point it's gonna be a struggle but I think we need to put a different spin on it. So as I was saying, when I was looking at this, I was reading some research articles and information. I was looking at some apps on my phone. So on our wonderful smartphones that are glued to us and our extension of our body. Um, and heads up, there is a podcast coming in a, in, in a couple of weeks about smartphones and how to ditch them to get a work-life balance. Be prepared for that. And I did say the word ditch your mobile phone. But I'll explain on another episode. Just keep in mind, so come back for that one. But when you're looking at this, and when I was, or should I say, when I was looking at this, it was interesting to see that there's many different apps that are out there that are enticing you into your new year resolutions. And when looking at these, some of these apps vary from three pounds a month or a four pound one-off, you know, lifetime you know, fee. Uh, I think to the most expensive I found was like £175 per year. And I'm sorry, that's got to be an all singing, all dancing app because that cost, great. But even if there is a cost, um, you know, I, I looked at some of the free trials, I downloaded a few, I had a look at a few. And I tend to see the same thing. Now, what they tend to do is they tend to talk about habits and routines. So I think we need to kind of clarify the difference between a habit and a routine, right? So a habit. So the definition of a habit is a habit is an automatic behavior or action that is performed without conscious thought. It is a behavior that has become integrated through repetition and is often um, triggered by a specific cue or context and then a routine the definition is a routine is set is a set of actions regularly followed often forming a fixed program so unlike habits routines require a level of consciousness thought and interaction now i was looking at that and i thought mm, that's actually interesting so i kind of picked some of the routines or some of the things that I do, you know, within my working or my working week, but within my week, I should say, 
Um, see, that's that work-life balance thing in my working week, in my week. Um, so I looked at a couple of things like, you know, um, every weekend going for a walk at Brompton Cemetery and then going for my coffee. Always ordering Uber Eats Starbucks every working morning. So always going to Tesco's for lunch, you know, eating mash and sprouts every day. And yes, during the festive period, I do like to eat mash and sprouts. Don't judge me, people. Um, you know, watching Bob Burgers over and over again. And I love Bob's Burgers. Um, getting up at 4 a.m. and messaging some people when I get up to say that I miss them or hello. Now, when I was looking at this, I started to try and figure out what was a habit and what was a routine based on those definitions. So, for example, if I looked at every weekend I go for a walk at Brompton Cemetery, then go for a coffee, this is actually a routine. And the reason why it's a routine is that it's a planned series of actions. So it's a walk, then a coffee. Um, and because I do it regularly on weekends, it is a routine. So it involves conscious decisions uh, and decision making, and it's a structured activity for me. So that is actually a routine. But always ordering Uber Eats Starbucks every working morning, well, guess what? That's not a routine. That's a habit. Um, and this uh, is considered as a habit um, as it's an automatic, as I do it automatically um, without much fault as part of my morning routine. Um, so it becomes a repeated behavior likely triggered by me getting in the building and going coffee. So that's a habit. Always going to Tesco's for lunch. Now, this was interesting. When thinking about it, it could be a habit or it could be a routine. So, and what I mean by that is it could be a habit as it's an automatic choice that I make without much fault. However, it could be considered that if I decide to go to Tesco's for a specific reason, like variety, convenience, etc., it could be part of a routine. So, yeah, same with eating mash and sprouts. That's a habit. Watching Bob's Burgers could also be seen as a routine, a habit. Again, I'm thinking about it as a conscious think and I'm doing it because I put it on when I get in. I know I want to do it. So it's a planned thing. Or if it's a habit, then it's just something I automatically do whenever I have free time. So I put it on, tell myself, relax, that becomes a habit. So getting up at 4.30 a.m., that's a habit. So if um, I wake up um, at this time automatically, even without the alarm, it's a habit. So my body is um, attuned to waking up at that time. And then messaging those people in the morning, it's a habit because it's an automatic thing that I do. So there are some examples of some of the things I do within my week and my life. So then you can start just defining what is a habit and a routine. And I think going back to these apps, there's lots of things on there about your habits, you know, from your habits and become a routine. So things like, you know, what you're eating, drinking water, um, going for regular exercises, mindfulness, um, relaxation, all these things become a habit and then become a routine. So I don't think personally 
you need to spend all this money on these apps to track your habits and your routines. Because, you know, if you want to feel better about yourself, for your mental health and well-being, there are certain things you need to look at. Is what do you do day to day? Is it a routine or is it a habit? Can you change it? So do I have to buy Starbucks every day? No. That's a habit that I need to stop. So what are ways that I can stop that? Well, for example, I could make my own coffee before I go to work in a, in a, um, a, a I can't even say the word, in a flask. Um, or what I could do is delete the Uber Eats app off my phone. That way I'm not going to order Starbucks. Because if I go to the Starbucks app, unfortunately, I have to either get it picked up or I can either eat in or take away. And take away means I can pick it up. So I don't want to be walking to Starbucks. Sometimes I'm a bit lazy. So, you know, there there are certain things, you know, if if I'm not wanting to do something, I want to change my habit, then I need to do something to change that habit. Yeah. So, for example, I always come in sometimes in the evening. First thing I do by habit is turn on the TV, put Bob's Burgers on and then start cooking and doing things around the house. Well, to break that habit could technically hide the TV remote. Um, you know, so I don't watch Bob's Burgers when I get in and I become a bit more productive. You know, there are certain things. I know they're simple things uh, that I could do to change my habits or my routines. And I think that is the thing here. It, it, setting goals and, you know, or resolutions are great, but you need to have some clarity on whether it's going to be a routine or a habit that you're going to change, okay? But also defining what your goals and achievements are. So when we're looking at goals and achievement, a goal is defined as a goal um, or, sorry, I should say the definition of a goal, sorry, um, is a desired result or outcome that the person or group of people plans um, and commits to achieve. So goals are typically future orientated and can be short to long term. So as we know, short, medium and long term goals. What do you want to achieve in the next 30, 60 and 90 days? Okay, now an achievement. Uh, so an achievement is a successful accomplishment of a goal or an objective. So it is the actual realization of a goal often marked by a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. Now, they're two great definitions, right? And when you're looking at habits and routines and goals and achievements, I think there can be, and I know people are going to disagree with me, there could be this big grey area, yeah? Because altogether, you could be setting yourself some smart objectives or some smart goals and working towards them. And yes, some people want to think long, sorry, short, medium and long-term goals. People want to have these aspirations of what they want to do. But some people tackle things as they come along. And, you know, there's one thing, I'm going to say this, I'm not setting myself New Year's resolutions. I'm not. And I need to have habits. So I want to read more. So I have cheekily a travel Kindle and a normal Kindle. And what I mean by that is I have a standard paperwhite Kindle and then I have the newer travel small Kindle. So the travel size Kindle sits in my bag. 
and the normal Kindle sits beside my bed. So it's always visible in there so I can see it and it helps me read a bit more because now when I'm getting into bed, I'm reading more before I go to sleep. When I'm traveling anywhere, I go in my bag, I know I've got my Kindle in my bag, I can pull that out and I can have a read. And that becomes a habit. Not necessarily a routine, but a habit because I should now be automatically picking up my Kindle and reading it and that's what it should be. So, you know, my comfort food or my habit of going to the same food is changing because I'm doing meal prep for part of a routine, I'm preparing my meals for the week and I've got them there. But for me, there are certain things I want to achieve in my 2024. Uh, so, you know, I do have some goals. Um, they're not resolutions, but they're, they're some goals. So I, I want to read a bit more. Um, you know, I want to improve my CPD, so my uh, personal development. Um, I want to achieve my ODM. I want to finish achieving my QA. You know, there are certain things I want to do. I want to achieve my uh, level five in HR. So there are lots of things that I want to achieve this year, which is great. But I'm not going to get hooked up on resolutions. And I'm going to say this because this is not old. So I'm not saying this is old. This is not new. Get it right. Uh, so it's not new. This is an old thing. And it's a thing I've seen many times on social media. So if you see this thing on social media and you go, oh, my God, that social media influencer has created something new. This is a new fad. No, going to stop you there. Most of the things that you see from social media influences, and I have to be honest about this, is things that currently have happened or have been around for a long time. It's just that they've picked it up, found it of an interest, and they've pushed it out through their social media having that influence effect on you. And then if they have thousands upon thousands of followers, those followers make a big thing out of it. Like, oh my God, so-and-so's just found this new thing. No, it's been around for a long time. It's just that nobody's paid attention to it. Now somebody's having a focus on it. And that thing is, is a jar. Yes, people, a jar and some post-it notes. As simple as it is. So get yourself a jar. Not like a mini, mini jar, but get yourself a medium-sized jar and a small post-it notepad. Every time you feel that you've achieved or accomplished something, whether that you've managed to complete a course or that you feel that you're proud of something that you've done, you know, write it down on that post-it note and then fold that little post-it note up and stick it in the jar. And at the end of the year, you can empty those post-it notes out and see and reflect on some of the things that you feel that you've achieved or accomplished within that year. Even if it's like you've lost 10 pounds or you've lost five kilos or that you, you know, brought yourself a new cat um, or you've adopted a cat, I should say, not actually brought but adopted, um, that you managed to finish off the book that you've wanted to read or you've you know, you've created some amazing projects, um, you've passed a qualification, you know, you made somebody's day by doing something. All those little things you can write down on that post-it note, fold it up and stick it in the jar. As I say, at the end of the year, pull that jar out, empty it out, and you'll see all these amazing things that you did and that you've accomplished and achieved in that year. Then you can see that you are doing things. But also, 
get two jars. Yes, two jars. Pete, you're crazy. Why two? Well, the reason why I say two jars is you can have one at work and one at home. And this is something I'm going to introduce in uh, my office and my team. Uh, my poor co-worker doesn't know this yet, um, but I'm going to introduce it. Uh, but two jars, uh, one for home and one for work. And the work one, I'm going to stick on my desk with a post-it note and a pen. And every time I achieve something or feel I've achieved something for that week or for that month or, you know, till I next have my review or until the end of the year, I'm going to put all my little post-it notes in there. And at the end of the week, the month or the year, I'm going to pull them all out and see what I've achieved that week or see what I've achieved in that month or that year. And it's great if you're having reviews. So if you have reviews every three or six months, great way, especially at work, is write those little things down, what you feel you've achieved or accomplished, drop it in there. And when you come to your review and you're sitting there thinking, what have I achieved in my, since, since my last review? What have I actually done? Pull out your jar, have a look. You will be surprised. So yes, not something new is something old that has been around for a long time it's just not used or utilized a lot so again get yourself two jars one for home one for work when you achieve something personally stick it in your one at home when you achieve something work related stick it in your work jar okay that way you can see what you're achieving personally in your life and also what you're achieving within your work life simples right so go rushing out there now on Amazon or in any Robert Dyer's or Tesco's, wherever you are, get some empty jars and start filling them. And then that way you feel that there's more self-achievement, aspirations, and the goals that you're setting that you didn't realize are being achieved. Now, this also kind of leads me nicely on to another thing that I love talking about, and that is strengths. As you all know, I'm a master strength scope practitioner. And I deliver all of the assessments or tools within StrengthScope. And being an accredited StrengthScope practitioner, I love strengths. And it's become part of my day-to-day -day life. I'm always pulling on my strengths. I'm always leveraging my bubbling unders and realizing when I'm looking at something where my blockers are or my potential drainers. But I also love it because in the work environment that the company I work for, I can see everybody's strengths. And when I'm needing to utilize and leverage their strengths, I can lean on them. And this is where I feel that strengths plays a massive important part in not only when you identify your strengths and you say hello to the true you, but also they help you every day. Now, I know I've spoke before on previous podcasts about the mindset element of strengths, which is the pathway of limitation to the pathway of possibilities. And there's also that element of the zone of peak performance, especially when it's at work, when you've got all your skills and abilities, you've got your company mission and values and what your kind of objectives are or your strengths, I should say. So again, get that right. So it's all your skills and experience, your strengths and your company's goals, aspirations, whatever they may be, objectives. Once you've got all three together um, to get to that bit, it gets you into that zone of peak performance. And I will do a visual, and there are visuals when you go and look at my uh, creativemind.zone website um, where I offer strength scope. 
you'll be able to see it there and also I can teach you about it. But there's all this part of your strengths and your mindset. I'm kind of waffling, but I will get back on track. So when knowing what your strengths are as an individual, it's great because you can use them day to day and in your work and personal life. Now, the reason why I say this is because when we do a strength scope report for the first time and you're identifying your significant seven, your bubbling unders. So these are the strengths you've got the potential to be great at and your energy drainers or your potential performance risks. Um, you know, you identify them. But when we do debriefs as practitioners, we have the 5A framework and the five A's look at your aspirations, your awareness, your action, your agility and your achievement. Now those that 5A framework can also be used when you're looking at your goals or you're tackling a project or you've got a problem where you need a solution and using the 5A framework along with your strengths helps you kind of tackle that a little bit more. So if you're looking to set yourself a goal um, or, you know, you know, use that 5A framework, use, you know, what your aspirations are, use your achievements, your action, your agility and your achievement, use those 5As. Because when you're looking at your aspirations, for example, some of the questions that you could be asking yourself are you know, clarifying your goals and what what good looks like to you. So, you know, you could be thinking, um, what would success look like? Or um, what is your current situation? And that's, that's when you're setting your goal or your aspiration. When you're setting your goal, I should say, um, look at your aspirations. And that's the kind of thing. You could also say, um, what will it look like when you have achieved your goal. So the 5A framework is key. And, I, and if you want to know more about the 5A framework and how to use the 5A framework um, along with your strengths, then please do reach out to me at pete at creativemind.zone um, and we can have that conversation and build upon your strengths. And I think this time of the year is great because if you can start identifying your strengths now, this is perfect because what you can do with your strengths is you can identify them and you can leverage and use them. So when you look, as I say, when you're looking at setting goals or achievements that you want or something you want to achieve, then you can use your strengths, your bubbling unders and identifying your potential blockers. You can also, if it's, if you're setting a work goal, um, then you want to achieve at work then a great thing of using the 5A framework also along with the uh, strengths team framework is that you can look at it and go, well, you know what? I've got my strengths, but actually how can I leverage my strengths uh, even more by leaning on others? And that's when you then start leaning on others and utilizing their strengths where you might need a little bit of support whether it be with enthusiasm uh, whether it be with um, the results focused uh, whether it's about strategic mindfulness whatever strength that you need that bit of a boost from knowing other strengths can actually help you leverage that 
and you know when when you're looking at your uh, strengths for example and I'll, I'll touch this briefly um, because I will do a um, another podcast on this um, and you can um, listen to a bit more but when you're using your strengths as I say is about your strengths but leveraging others but as well as the 5a framework especially with the team framework the team framework for example you're going to be using your strengths and other strengths but also there are other things you look at in the framework which is about trust accountability change of readiness stretch um, so there are other things that you can look at now i'm not saying that you should you know just identify your strengths as well as everybody else's but you know what to reach your goals and your achieve to, to reach your goals or to achieve your goals i should say using your strengths really helps yeah so pull upon your strengths pull upon others strengths but you know sometimes and you know i really think that knowing your strengths is going to help you achieve what you want to achieve and i apologize i did waffle slightly there but is a podcast, right? You're bound to waffle at sometimes. So when you want to look at your resolutions, and if you have fallen off the bandwagon, don't worry. We can get you back on there. One of the things that can help you is identifying your strengths. And again, if you want to know how to identify your strengths, reach out to me, uh, and then we can I can get you to identify your strengths, and that might help you. But also leverage on other strengths because they're going to help you. Be around the right people that are going to motivate you, that are going to inspire you, that if you need that extra bit of enthusiasm to get you through your, you know, get you to where you want to be, use those people around you that have enthusiasm, that are results focused, that do use their executional strengths to get you there. Okay. Um, but also don't give up. Do not give up. As I say, when you're looking at things, it's, it's looking at habits and routines and making small changes to your habits and routines that can make a big difference. OK, so, for example, if you're wanting to lose weight, it may be a automatic habit that you have that you automatically do without thinking that you need to stop. So like it might be you go in the kitchen, you open the cupboard door without while you're making a cup of tea. You, you know you're in the kitchen, so you can open the door, open the biscuit jar, eat the biscuit, close the biscuits. But you do it without thinking. So that's actually a habit. So you need to break that habit, right? But if you literally know you're going to make a cup of tea and you think, oh, actually, I really want a biscuit. No, I'm not going to have a biscuit. Yeah, I am. You walk out, you walk back. That's a, you know, is that a habit or is that a routine? Well, you'll have to find out, won't you? But when you do something, you, as I say, you've got to decide whether it's going to be a habit or routine you want to change you know, or improve a routine, create a whole new routine and habit um, that's going to help you achieve your goal. Okay. But as I say, in 2024, if you've fallen off that resolution train, don't worry. If you're still on the resolution train and you're still going with your New Year's resolutions, I'm proud of you. Keep it going. Do not stop. Okay. Just keep pushing on. Now, if you are working towards restarting your um, resolutions because you have dropped off, just 
rethink what you want to do and how you're going to achieve it. To say, try and get with people that you know or that is going to um, look after, not look after you, but give you motivation, give you enthusiasm, encourage you, support you. Because if you put yourself in a group of people that are like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, you're just going to be stuck. Don't be. Get that support. It's needed. Okay? And you can achieve your goals. But as I say, resolutions are there to be kept or to be broken. But the biggest thing for 2024, I would say, is have those two jars. Have the jar in the office and the jar at home. Write down what you've achieved or you feel you've achieved or things that you've done that you're proud of and stick them in the jar and then review them every so often. Keep track of them. But also know your strengths. Know what your significant seven strengths are, what your bubbling unders are and what your potential blockers are. Use your strengths day to day or on projects or tasks that you need to look at. So if you're working on a project at home or at work, think about what three strengths that you can bring. What three bubbling unders or two bubbling unders are you going to pull upon? And what's the potential blocker? This will help you have more focus. And I do have a resource that you can use. So reach out to me and I can go through that with you. But it's best if you do your strengths first and understand what your strengths are. And I'm more than happy to take you on that strengths journey. But remember, practice makes perfect, right? And also, if you don't succeed, try and try again. We're all human. It's all natural to fail and succeed. But you need to fail to succeed. You know, it, that's the way of life. If you don't fail, how are you going to succeed? You need to keep practicing. We all fall at every hurdle every now and again, and even I do. But I get up, I learn from my mistakes, and I evaluate, and I improve. And then again, I may hit that hurdle again later on down the line, and I think, well, I've just improved on this. How can I get it wrong again? You know what? You keep learning. But you can only fail to achieve. You can't achieve straight away. If you achieve something straight away, that's great. But what have you done to get there? I'm proud of my failures in life. And there's been a fair few, mind you, but I'm proud of failing because if I fail at something, I review it. I look at it. I see where I went wrong. I reflect and then I do it or I do it again until I get it right. As it says, practice makes perfect and try and try again. Best way. Now, I'm not going to waffle anymore because I think I spoke enough about resolutions and how to utilize your strengths and ways that you can keep track of your goals and aspirations and what you're proud of and what you've achieved. Um, and I'd love to find out how many people use the jar method or how many people are wanting to explore their strengths. And you can always post a response uh, to this podcast. You can always reach out to me at pete at creativemind.zone. Pop me a DM on LinkedIn. Or if you want to get involved in a similar podcast to this, then please feel free to reach out to me and happy to have you on an episode. But as I say, I will over the next few weeks be sharing more information on the 5A framework, but also more about strengths. In another episode, I will be talking about that work-life balance. Again, incorporating strengths, but also, as I said, removing your mobile phone from your work and personal life. Because guess what? It's causing the problem, the problem in your life between your work-life balance and life in general is your smartphone. And I'll explain on another podcast next week. But again, 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Say As It Is With Pete. I hope you found it enjoyable and insightful and a little bit probably thought-provoking. And thank you for listening to my honest, frank conversation and sometimes my rambling. But again, thank you to everybody that listens. Remember, you can listen back to this episode and previous episodes on rss.com, Apple Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, um, also on Amazon Music and Spotify. You can also catch an episode of this on YouTube where I will publish it on the YouTube channel. Say it's with Pete. And again, until next week, have a fantastic week, whatever you're doing. With the storm coming in the next few days, do not get blown away. Battle down the hatches and you'll be fine. And remember, if you don't succeed the first time, try and try again. <laughs>